Hello beautiful people and welcome to another episode of Two Girls, One Duck. One Duck. It's still quarantine. quarantine. It's kind of like normal, not normal, but it's kind of normal now, isn't it? Yeah, like, it is weird. Yeah, I was kind of... We'd have to keep announcing it every ep. <laughs> I was saying that like, I almost forget why we're it doing like the, the lockdown. Like, I just, I'm starting to feel like yeah. this is, oh, this is normal. Um, this is just it, yeah. Yeah, I've heard that people are like out and about doing their thing. And did you see Candy's birthday party? She's so dumb. Someone was like, after Mama Joyce will start wheezing. Like your mother is actually elderly. Chill out. Yeah, it's actually it's actually a madness. There's no need to be doing up parties um, and pool parties and block parties and. This week we are talking about Michael Barrymore's body in the pool. Your size is very. Which is a weird title. Well, of how I feel about this. Yeah. Mm. Do you know, it's so funny because I wanted to do this documentary time ago, but then they said that it was going to run out, isn't it? They were going to take it off Channel 4 yeah. and we wouldn't have had time to do it considering our schedule. Yeah. And like now that I've watched it, I'm kind of like, mm, I wish I could have done without it. Literally, I literally... I didn't learn anything. Literally, I was like, I... I literally was like, I, I would have rather not have like been watching this. Like, it didn't... Yeah. It wasn't... Is this a British thing? It just didn't. And also, I think it's a thing because, like... It's annoying because the documentary is recent, but the case is so old. So a lot of the footage is like old. Old, yeah. And it's like normally when you have one of these like nineteen-year-old cases, it's like okay, cool, you're providing new evidence or like you come to a conclusion or whatever. And it's just kind of like, well, so me at the beginning, me at the end. What was the difference? It was almost like the documentary was just there to like rehash it and yeah. But I think that's what it was there for. I think it was there. I think it was there so that it could like sort of bring it back to the force yeah. the people who were involved the people who know which I guess fair that's a reason to do it I'd, I'll give you a theory about who I thought championed them doing it but yeah okay yeah well yeah when we get, we'll yeah, get we'll into, get all, into that. all of that but yeah I don't know like British documentaries as well can sometimes be so dry like we had this whole conversation yesterday with my family whilst we were cooking and all of us were talking about like different murder cases and we all kind of came to the conclusion that like Unfortunately, British crime just is kind of dry. Like, there's, like, a they grey... They can't even kill, they right? They can't even kill, right? There's, like, a grey, like, cloud over it. It just isn't... It isn't good. It's, like, it's in grey and, like, American murders are in, like, Technicolor or whatever. Like, it's... Yeah, 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 exactly. Literally. But then also, I think, it's indicative of the personalities. Like, Americans are sort of stereotypically over-the-top. Yeah. Big, and the British are more, like, you know... I'll just slip a, they just a, do a their pill job. in your drink and that's it. Yeah. But Americans have to chop you up and put you in the freezer and... Like, yeah, exactly, exactly, yeah, true, exactly. So it's not so much that, like, the British detectives aren't good. I think they can be very good at their jobs. And I feel like nothing against Channel 4, to be honest, nothing against Channel 4, but, like, if this was a BBC documentary, I feel like they would have sensationalised it a little bit mm. more. Do you know what I mean? Like, BBC Channel 4 does are kind of like, here are the one. facts. Yeah, they do do mm. good docs. Mm-hmm. Like, and even, like, with Panama- Panorama as well, that's always really, really yeah. good. So it's true. Yeah, and it's very, like... Drama. I think Channel Four. We should just leave that for the sex docs. Yeah, oh, they, they love it. Yeah, the weird. The sex... Channel, Channel Four is really good for weird documentaries. Yeah. That you're like, Why am I watching this? Literally, but I can't stop. Literally, it's so good. I saw some recommendations on the bottom, and I was like, I have to give them a peek after. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, See, it was good for something. Yeah, it was good for leading me <laughs> elsewhere. <laughs> um. All right, so let's get into it. Yes. Okay, you ready, big fella? I'm ready. You strong, big fella. <laughs> You're waking me up. Thank you. <laughs> okay, so this document... It's been four years since the album came out, you know. I know, and he hasn't done anything as good since, sadly. 
nice doing. I love my wife. I love my wife. <laughs> Girl, um, are you the first one to marry? Please. <laughs> um, okay, so we start off the documentary with a um, 911 call of somebody hearing, or somebody finding a body in the pool. And we kind of seem, the guy kind of seems pissed off. He's like, yeah, I just wanted to have a party. And you know, this, this, is the most... this really like ruins the evening. I fell in the pool. I'll tell you what, mate. The first time being out in four fucking years, I have been kids every weekend. And fucking hell. This is the most Essexy phone call I could ever imagine. Literally, it's very like if Gemma Collins called 911. Like, yeah. It was like he went on and spilled her champagne. I was just about to say, it was as if someone had spilled champagne and he was calling the butler to clean it up. So this. He was just so inconvenient. It was so inconvenient. I didn't have the kids tonight and and all this happens. Just trying to have a party and now you're going to die in the pool. Um, so this is the intro and the documentary itself opens up with a clip of Michael Barrymore doing his show and then two further clips of him winning an award now Michael Barrymore Mm. is not a Barrymore I just want to clear this up because we might have questions I actually did like some research into him yeah it's not his name why would you do that I hate people that do that shit like there's nothing wrong with changing your name and having a stage name but why would you have a stage name that sounds like it could be your name that sounds like a real name fam I don't yeah. know if he wanted the proximity to the Barrymore family because he very well could have been like a Barrymore because it's a that the Barrymore family. But who's massive. the Barrymores? Drew Barrymore. Oh yeah, Drew Barrymore. Think about them. Drew- Are they like a celebrity family? Yes. So Drew Barrymore, obviously, her parents were like actors, and well, her parents were like an actor and actress, and then like one of her really like old like ancestors, like her great great grand uncle was like this famous like artist and then he dated this woman who was married to this crazy guy that killed her first boyfriend like it's just i'll send you a link but like they go way 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 back yeah like oh, i thought it was just her no, I didn't know no. that it was her oh, family. she's from a re- that's why she was doing like drugs at 13 because like she'd go to the club with her parents like she's from a really Lovely. like yeah so i think he changed his name for proximity to that family because it was just you weird. think mm. i do why would you choose that know, name? It's not like it's a... I mean, I don't think it's that, like, rare of a name. And it's not as if, like, he benefited, like... We've seen pictures of him with Drew Barrymore. We've seen any, like, relation. It's not like they're a British family. Do you know what I mean? It's just like, if I wanted to blow, okay, and then I changed my name to Forens Kardashian, the people who go on Insta and Twitter wouldn't first link that this girl isn't a Kardashian. And then when you blow, people are just going to assume, like, you're a distant cousin. Yeah, but then also, back then, this was way back in the day, there was no Instagram. It wasn't about um, no, I SEO know, but... or links and stuff like that. So, I don't know, I don't know. I didn't see it that way. Like, I didn't even think Drew Barrymore when I heard I definitely Barrymore. Like, I didn't did. even think. I asked you. Yeah. I think I asked you if he was related to Barrymore's, but... Yeah, I definitely think... Did you see, even the Barrymore's is not a thing for me. Like, Drew Barrymore is the thing. Yeah. So, like, when you said Drew Barrymore, I was like, oh, yeah, okay, I get it. But I didn't even know. Maybe it's because you, you didn't know that they were a thing. But, like, thing, if you're yeah. immediately, so you know that they're a thing. Because that... of all names, you, it's not like he picked Smith. Like... Or Jones. Yeah, it's a very specific name, I think, anyways. Mm. Mm. Oh, first mm-hmm. agreeing to disagree. Here it goes. <laughs> so early on, what, are we, like, two Bam. minutes in? <laughs> Can we even, like... Um, okay. Just oh, so, so I quit. <laughs> So our first talking head is David Liddyman. And can I just say that, like, after this, I'm a bit scarce on the talking heads because there were too many. Um, so Yeah, same. Yeah. I, I didn't mention a single yeah. one. Yeah, I just only mentioned a few, well, I mentioned a few but yeah. Um, so he tells us that Michael was a big personality who needed an audience and went to dangerous places. Um, and he also mentions that Michael was a huge asset to ITV and 
that was the biggest station at the time. And it turns out that Michael's wife was Which is manager. so hard to imagine now. Yeah. It's true. But what's the biggest station now? Probably BBC. I would say BBC. Yeah. yeah. BBC, definitely. And then Channel 4 is like, they're like, you don't like, no one watches ITV News. Like, you don't think of ITV no, like yeah. that. You think of GMT or whatever now. Mm-hmm. Even Channel, okay, also Channel 5 flopped because all they had was like Hollyoaks and like Neighbours and Home and Away. Mm. No, no Hollyoaks was, was Channel, Channel 4. 4 yeah. yeah, Channel 5 had, like, Neighbours and Home and Away and stuff. Channel 5 used to be quite good, but now it's, like, the sh- it's the station shows go to to die. Like, they move yeah, Big Brother. Think... Yeah, you don't even Or they go to to, like, be on reruns. But can I just say, they have really weird documentaries on Channel 5. Channel 5? Yes. So there's a day... My... Good or weird? Good, weird. My, there was a day my sister and I were flicking through, and then, like suddenly we just saw the, see this old man having sex with like this woman and then coincidentally my dad walks in and then we like scream and change channel but he doesn't see anything but it was just funny but yeah we watched, ended up watching a documentary and it was just about like weird sex people like weird people in professional sex and it was like a really but old I think guy that's 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 kind of like the british reality tv so like i feel like with american places yeah mm. they or there's certain channels where like reality tv is like their thing like yeah it's trash but they have really good yeah that's TV true shows. yeah and Channel 5, and even to some extent Channel 4, it's like, oh, yeah, that's the place you go to for really, like, weird documentaries. Yeah. Because BBC has all the dramas and the news and, like, all that stuff. That's very true. So it's kind of like, and the cooking shows, you know, and all that stuff. So daytime TV, weird documentaries, that's where the others are, like, scrambling. I think Channel 4 is, like, the HBO of the UK. Do you think, I think HBO is a bit, a bit better than Channel 4, you know? No, it's a bit better, obviously, but it's I It's a bit I more think... respected. No one's like, oh, my God, I've got a show on Channel 4. Do you think? <laughs> I mean, I would celebrate. Obviously, I don't have a show on anything. Yeah. So if I got a show on Channel Four, I would be very, very is happy. Is it Google but... Box as well? Like, oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's, true. But that's what I'm saying. It's that kind of vibe. Yeah, 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 definitely. But whereas, like, actually, BBC HBO is more has prestigious. Like, yeah, yeah, you're right. And HBO is more prestigious. Yeah. So, um, on-screen text tells us that it's 19th of August, 1995, Limehouse, and we're at a drag bar, and one of the drag queens starts talking and basically saying that Michael Audi- Michael Barrymore was in the audience. And um, the drag queen got on to sing and then Michael jumped on, threw his wedding ring on the floor and basically said, like, I want to be who I am. Like, I want to be me, GC style. Um, yeah. I'm gay. <laughs> I just want to do me. I just want to do me. <laughs> I'm gay. Um, <laughs> I love her so much. <laughs> honestly, she's my spirit animal. Um, yeah, she's a national treasure. Literally, she reminds me of me in so many ways as well. Like, she's lovely and pretty and everything, but she's like she has such a clumsy, like element to her but she's so lovely that's me yeah um so like funnily like we were in the the, the sun office and i fucking hate the sun um and they're yeah, all tabloids do you know what sorry to interrupt this this documentary highlighted what it really highlighted me was that the tabloids were shit, shit. they were trash literally literally and, and now they don't have as much power today as the daily mail is still trying to keep it strong but they don't have as much power today they don't move as mad no. today maybe not in the same way because remember when they had who was it that they got their phone calls um they recorded oh, their voice oh yeah they were recording bare people it wasn't just one it was like quite a few celebrities but there was one person there was one person that they oh that person was dead was like, as well there was a dead yeah, person yeah yeah um, it was like a big story yeah they hacked into the dead person's mm-hmm. voicemail they hacked into mm-hmm. and i was quite was i quite young i was relatively young when this happened we were young we were young. so i yeah. didn't understand the gravity of but now looking back that's exactly disgusting. now you're like, like what like, like and this is a lot of what i'm going to discuss in this documentary will just be about how like the tabloids are just Mm-hmm. shit so yeah. 
They were so brazen. But then also the people fueled it because basically in this situation, he's at the bar and he says this. Literally, whilst he's at the bar, people start calling the son, telling them, yeah, yeah like he's come out as gay, he's come out as he gay. He said this. Literally, he said yeah. this, he said that. And then um, finally, like, he, they print a paper the next day. They send someone to the bar. Where, so this is all in real time. He said this thing. Within five minutes, the son has been called. Within, like, 20 minutes, the son has sent a photographer to the bar to photograph him at the time, at the time, like time. to photograph him coming out not the next day so this just shows you like the media like real like how crazy it is so obviously mm. after this he comes out as gay and um like it doesn't really damage his career like it, it's a bit Do of you know a what thing. i said yeah there's two things here so the first one was like we never hear from his wife or about his wife or how he told his wife or did they divorce or mm. what like it just kind of skimmed past that I thought okay that'd be interesting to know but okay none of my business none of my business yeah. and the second thing was like this literally reminds me of like Philip Scott oh yes now. he came out as gay no effect on his career yep. had someone that he cheated on because it's not even about you being gay that's fine be gay if you're gay you're gay yeah, yeah. it's about the fact that like. For me, maybe because I'm a woman, so it's kind of like, I cannot believe, especially with the Philip Schofield thing, mm. that you were cheating on your on your wife. Like, it's brave of you to come out as gay, of course, especially in this society that we live yeah. in. Like, that's not an easy feat. Mm. But for you to come out as gay... And you because cheated. You, and you're scared you of the scandal. With a, young, with a young buck, and you was Exactly. That's crazy. For me, it's a character flaw, because if, if, if it were the other way around, like, if it were you cheating on your wife with a, with a, a young girl... It wasn't being... It wasn't nobody celebrated. would be forgiving. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's like, yes, we should celebrate your bravery for coming out but it, should, it shouldn't have happened do. because but also yeah. yeah but also no we don't rate you yeah, because you cheated on your literally. wife but then, and that's why you and you were being blackmailed same thing i read I, again i read up a bit about this um mm-hmm. the woman come on google girl <laughs> she actually is dead which is probably why she wasn't part of the documentary oh, right, she died okay, of breast fine. cancer but i don't even get the vibe that she would have wanted to be um because there was yeah, quite a true. nasty i mean i wouldn't want to be yeah there was quite a nasty divorce um oh right but she said that they definitely lived as husband because obviously people asked her like, did you have were there any signs? And she said that they definitely mm. lived as husband and wife. Um, they had sex basically. They consummated their marriage. He might just be, but he might be bisexual. Yeah, yeah, literally. But I feel like people aren't ready to even have that conversation, mm. let alone oh I'm gay. Literally. So maybe it's just kind of like. So um yeah, it was just because you might have loved her and actually wanted to have sex with her. Yeah, he could. So it may have... not have been a complete. Are oh, you you repulsed? Yeah, me but he probably was just tired of not having like the ability to like experiment or explore. Yeah, to experiment the way, the way he wants or to, to do. What yeah, he wanted. literally, yeah. or just to be free to date, to, like fulfill what he wanted. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So basically, like he's a family entertainer. It's kind of shaky about how this is going to affect his um, career, but it's fine. The tabloid played him with nasty stories for a bit, and then things kind of just fizzled down, and people were very supportive of him. And, mm. like, he goes on to win awards after this again. And yeah, he does yeah. speeches just basically thanking the British public. So, it's like, things are good for him. Like, especially... Yeah, because the British loved him. The British like, literally he loved him. Guy. He was like Paddy McGuinness. Oh, yeah, take me out. Yeah, he's like... I don't know if he's quite... Yeah, this, no, true. Yeah, but it's similar vibes. No, it is true, but Paddy's just less cheeky. But I think that's just because of the society that we're in. Yeah, like, I think it's... there's a clip of Barry Moore, like, literally, like, on, this woman. in his show, like, on top of this woman. That like, would like, never like, fly like, now, like, though. Carrying her and stuff. That would never fly now. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But that wouldn't run now. Yeah. So I think it's a similar vibe. It's just equivalent to today's society. Yeah. I definitely think it's Paddy in the sense of just lovable, like, seeing him on your TV screen, da-da-da, like, it's really, yeah, same vibes. They loved him. 
So we're back in Michael's house in Essex and we see visuals of the house and we hear the news stating that a vic- the victim who was found in the pool was Stuart Lubbock, who worked as a wholesale butcher supervisor. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know about you, but automatically I just assume that Stuart is gay. So let's just... And I feel like, and I feel like that's, that's what, like, it's kind of what sensationalised the story mm-hmm. and became what the story was, which is so frustrating. Like his mum, like her heart was, ugh, I just felt so bad for that man. I thought he was gay too, though, yeah. so I'm guilty. So we're kind of, like, delving into Stuart's life now because it opens up with a wedding video of Stuart and his wife. Um, again, so this is where I was like, oh, my gosh, I was shocked because I thought he was gay. Um, yeah. I still thought he was gay at the point. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we learn um, from her that he likely cheated on her. Like, that was the downfall of their marriage. Because um, right. we get the kind of, like, impression that they divorced. They'd split by the mm-hmm. time... Um, he died. He died. She basically said he had a lot of women around him and she thinks he had a lot of friends with benefits. So, right. we meet Kevin, who is Stuart's brother. And Kevin is a bit of a weirdo. Um, I can tell that he just lives in the house, doesn't really have friends, doesn't go out much, doesn't do much. I don't know if it's a thing where, like, drugs are involved or if it's just one of those, like, developmental delay type vibe? things. I, just got... I don't know. There's definitely a delay of, of some sort. Yeah. Like, I don't know if it's like developmental delay. But then when he was talking about like how he used to go out with his brother and stuff, I was like, okay, I don't think he was always this way. Yeah. Maybe like the death of his brother really like shook him up a bit. I think stuff like that can really change, change you. you. I do think he had a codependency on his brother. And obviously when his brother left, maybe mm-hmm. he lost his confidence to do Left, so. you know, died. Sorry, <laughs> died. Apologies. So, um, yeah, because his brother, his brother says... He was from a younger brother as well. Obviously, he was older than him, but I did look up to him. Because Stuart had the looks, Stuart had the charm with the girls. And that's, it actually made me a bit jealous. And I'm like, you killed him. <laughs> it's kind of... <laughs> I think you killed him. It's kind of weird, though, because, like, nah, there's no younger, there's no older sibling. Like, I'm, an, I'm the eldest, and I don't look at my sister like, yeah, I, 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 not that I don't rate my sister, but, like, I, 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 I'm happy being me, do you know what I mean? Yeah, literally. I think when you're much older like i'm much older than my siblings so i do look at them like i need to guide you um mm-hmm. but i don't think they look not that they don't look up to me anymore but they definitely don't idolize me anymore at all i think as yeah you, i think that's the word yeah, it's the idealization. Yeah. i don't idolize my, my siblings literally <laughs> oh anyone when they really. were younger though i could tell them to do anything they do i could like they yeah no I, <laughs> <they're>, <laughs> I literally was like the sun in their world like there was nothing mm. i wouldn't do that my sister wouldn't copy. Um, yeah. I think, so as you get older, the gap closes and then, yeah, but mm. this one, I think the but gap... But there could never... have been that much of an age gap between the two of them. Yeah. That's... And he was he was the older exactly. one. Exactly, so it's just weird. That's what I'm saying. Like I'm just, I yeah. say all this to say it's weird. Um, yeah, bottom line. Case closed. Case closed. <laughs> um, so they go to a nightclub one night, which is like, can't wait to do it with my sisters. So they go to a nightclub one night and on this particular night, they meet Michael Barrymore. So obviously Stuart is like a like bad girling and someone whispers to Stuart, a woman whispers to Stuart that Michael is um what do you call it, is inviting people back to his house, you should come. Now my understanding was that it was Stuart and his brother that went. But Yeah, that were together. But later, so like, did he ditch his brother? Or? That's what I'm confused about, because later on anyways, let's get into that later on. Mm-hmm. So they leave and this is on the thirtieth of March two thousand and one. So the driver, mm. pick, a driver picks them up. I think he's like a taxi driver. And he said, you know, Michael's a cool guy, except everyone knew that he liked to drink. Cool. They all pile into the car and Michael's super drunk. So it's Michael, the brothers 
and I think a woman. And they say they say another another person. Yeah, I think it was a woman. Um, and it wasn't his. It wasn't Stuart's brother, mm. which is why which is why I was just a bit confused. Cause yeah, because I, I, I assumed it was his brother, but I don't think it was. I think Stuart ditched his brother. Um, so basically, yeah, Michael and they all pile into the car, and then Michael whispers into the driver's ear, "I could do with a fuck right now." And this reminds me of the episode of The Office where Andy, like, walked over to Jim and was like, I'm so horny. And Jim was like, okay, so why do you want me to do... You know that look Jim gives the camera, like, that scared and confused, yeah, yep, literally. Yep, the one. It's like, okay, so what do you want me to do? Do you know what it reminded me of? Well, you know Abducted in Plain Sight where yeah. MB yeah. was like to the dad, like, oh, I just need a release. I just need a release oh, yeah. in the car. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, it's one of the moments where it should have been like, so what do you want me to do literally about it? Literally, it's like, like okay. yeah, I should do something about it. <laughs> um, so, yeah. That, that, I just, sorry, sorry. I don't know how that man managed to have sex with the underage daughter, the wife, and perform sexual acts with the husband. All of one family. All of one family. That's, if you haven't seen Adopted in Plain Sight, then you, you need, need to, to watch that. Watch that Literally, it's madness. I just feel like with that family, the parents should not have been allowed to like keep the kids because it just doesn't make sense. Because they even covered up to get, like... the molestation to hide their own. Nah, nah, nah. <sighs> you can miss me with that shit. Honestly. So, Unscreen Text now tells us it's 2.47am and a party starts at Michael Barrymore's house. Um, nine people are present, so it's not a party, it's a gathering. Um, and then text tells us at 5.48am, emergency services are called. And by 8.23, Stuart Lubbock is pronounced dead. So now we meet Terry Lubbock, who's a big kind of player in this documentary. And he's Stuart's dad. You can kind of tell that he lives in a... Um, Old people retiring retirement homes, is that what they call it? Like, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Like a lodge or something. Yeah. So he basically says, I couldn't grasp my son being linked with Barrymore, which I didn't know where he was coming from with that statement. I didn't know if it was more because, like, Garrett Barrymore was gay. Why would his son have been around him? I think or it was more, more like a Barrymore was famous. That's what I was about to say. Or if it was more like Barrymore is a celebrity and like Stuart is a meat. Yeah, like, how do you know Barrymore? Yeah, like, I think it's probably yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But the, this is the thing with with the whole bringing up. They spent the whole first half of the documentary talking about how Barrymore's gay, and then they bring in the fact that Stuart died at his house, and it's like okay, but it's it's not really relevant. Well, I don't know, it's not really, it's really relevant. Not relevant. Like, yeah, and then you didn't really clarify that Stuart is not gay. You didn't really explicitly That's why say this, anyone we met the mum. Literally, this documentary is the tabloids because it like it's just yeah, we'll get into exactly. it. Yeah. So finally, we hear from like Satan himself, or we meet Satan himself. Paul McMullen. I don't know if you remember him, but I hated him. The tabloid guy? Yeah. With the glasses? Yep. Skinny, yep, 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 yep. yep Satan yep. himself. Yep, yep. Um, okay. The Antichrist. So, honestly, he comes in and he tells you that, um, and he'll, literally, you'll grow to hate, like, the tabloids when you hear what he says. The immediate assumption for everybody was that the victim was gay. Because who the hell would go home with Michael Barrymore and a group of young men? And it's just like, even in today... So this documentary is from, like, 2018. Even in today's day and age, like, people are still so ignorant. Like, you mm-hmm. can be a straight guy and be friends with gay guys. And it also doesn't exactly. mean... If you're a straight guy and you're, fr- and you're friends with gay guys and you go home with the gay guys, you're going to have a fucking orgy. Like, it doesn't mean... Just because someone is the same way as a straight man, if you're friends with... You go home with a group of women, it doesn't automatically mean you're having an orgy. Like, being gay doesn't mean that you don't have like self-control yeah. or it's not a depravity literally you know I mean? like 
it's a sexual orientation. It's like same way as being straight. Fam, it's so frustrating. It's so dumb. It's like you say. It's like saying that oh, a child went home with a paedophile. Like it's not the same. Like it's not. Yeah, exactly. It's not, the, it's not same. the same. Two things are not cannot have do not have to be the same. Like yeah, exactly. And then he says basically, it seemed like a pretty nasty gay pool party. Again, what the fuck are you talking about? There were women there. Like what? What are you saying? Like it's like make it make sense. It's so frustrating, and I think this is the reason why they just like, like. Put, I don't know. It just it it just didn't make any sense. Like, I was just like, fam, like this, like one doesn't equal the other. other. Like it doesn't it doesn't make sense. And I think like it doesn't make sense. And I think for the time as well, knowing that this was like this was done in twenty eighteen, I think we're a bit further than to be having these kind of. No, we are we are further than that, and I think we are still further than that. It's just that all these things happened. This case happened in two thousand and one. Mm. So even if the documentary, even though it's being shot in twenty eighteen, mm. is considering the attitudes of people in two thousand and one, that's what people thought. In yeah, I get that. This yeah. poor guy is trash. So I do feel like he yeah, I was going to say that. I feel like this is poor's just just as bad. Yeah. Now we learned that the media can be literally piranhas. Paul says, mm. and this is like the most disgusting thing I've heard. So Paul basically says. But he found out where Stuart's mum lived, went there, all the curtains were shut because obviously she'd just been told, so she was in mourning. But Paul says, listen, when you've got this kind of situation, you wear a dark blue suit because you want to give the impression that you're a detective. So he put on a dark blue suit, knocked on the door and said he's investigating Stuart's death. And none of the stuff he's said so far has been a lie, but it's just disgusting because he is investigating... Yeah, and he's deceptive. He is investigating Stuart's death, but he's doing it from the media perspective. He's not a fucking, like, DCI. Yeah. So Talking to him is not going to help your case fam. at all. So then, basically, the, he goes off the bat and says, um, yeah, you know, it's crazy what they're saying about Stuart being gay. And the mum was like, yeah, like, he wasn't gay and stuff like that. So then she asked, she's like, oh, like, what police force are you with or whatever? And he's like, oh, no, no, I work for the sun. And then she slams the door on him. But at that point, he'd gotten what he wanted. But then we see a montage mm-hmm. of different news stories and headlines. And they're all still focused on Stuart being gay and being like... Which has got nothing to do literally. with his death. And it's so funny because I had, after watching the documentary, I went down and I was talking to my parents and I was like, oh, did you guys know about like the Michael Barrymore case? And then my dad was like, oh, yeah, yeah, like, didn't he kill like one of his like gay lovers? And I was like, no, but people think exactly. this exactly. because the news... And so I'm saying, it's about the media yeah. basically like controlling the narrative and painting it to be a certain way Literally. and then it's almost as if are you focusing on the fact that you think he's gay or that you've, you've made him gay now mm-hmm. to justify or to like it's almost like to villainize make him. it less serious yeah. like oh yeah this gay guy died it's his own fault why did he go there kind of thing like if it was a woman that was there that was straight or if it was a straight man that was there would like would it not would have been yeah. more important yeah literally yeah it's like it's not relevant it's not relevant like no one's saying oh yeah but if he's gay mention it blah blah it's not relevant to yeah. the case it doesn't make any sense and a I man died like, in another man's pool literally I do feel like stuff like this as well like ruins the case in terms of like people being able to do like a good investigation because the tabloids are spinning their own narrative it doesn't take people like literally everybody has a price basically um yep paul mullen is basically saying or paul whatever his surname is the devil yeah he says that he contacted barrymore's lover john kenny and um was the john kenny was paid 60k because obviously they have a really big big budget in the sun for like stuff like this like paying off informants which is mad um and he sang like a canary. He told the media how he fished out the body, performed CPR. They contacted another party guest, Justin Merritt, who was, Merritt, who was paid 30K and also spilled the news. 
So Paul says he doesn't believe either of the two told the truth. Then and the director does your thing that you really like and says to him... So truth isn't the most important thing here. And this messy bitch says... Um, no. Uh, the fact that the person was there and telling a bucket load of lies didn't matter. So basically, as long as the person was at that party, whatever they say, doesn't matter. They're just trying to sell papers. They want to be the one with the inside scoop. So no one cares if it's factual. And this is the stuff that fucks up the case. It's crazy. So Michael's show was taken off air. Like, I think ITV was kind of like deliberating what to do and they were watching the situation. Um, Mm. And so we see a snippet from Michael doing what, was a damage control interview the same one every celeb does like they do it in like a hotel room and it's yeah, very yeah, like, like beige <laughs> in the background and the lighting is a particular way and they just look sad it's a very it's the same one bill cosby did we're very aware of yeah. it's the same one um r kelly did we're very aware of all yeah. of them that do it and he narr- narrates his side of the story saying that like they all decided they wanted to get into pool he went to change his trunks came back so i get into the jacuzzi he went to change into his trunks came back and Stuart's body was in the pool they all freak out, pull out the body. He says the sex, the sex orgy stories were fabricated and he doesn't know what happened to Stuart. Now, can mm-hmm. I just say, and it might be a bit controversial, I actually believe him in the sense that he doesn't know what happened to Stuart. I believe him too. I, I do. I, gen- I genuinely believe him. But we'll get back I to I don't think he did anything or he killed anyone no. or did anything like no. that. So back with on-screen text and the 31st of March... Um, 2001 Princess Alexander Hospital. We meet Michael Heath, a forensic pathologist. He says he noticed small injuries, like he said, like pinpoint hemorrhaging, and it was mm-hmm. in line with being removed from the pool. So I guess like when you pull him from the pool, I don't know how that works. Um, there was no fight or restraint injuries, and there was no third party involvement in the death. There was fluid in the lungs and the air passages, which was um, a classic case of drowning. So this kind of makes me wonder, what is all this hullabaloo about? Like, if this guy drowned... Yeah, people, how did we get yeah, here? Yeah, how did we get here? Like, people drown all the time. He was drunk, he probably drowned. And what is, like, what is all this noise about, basically? Um, and up until now, like, there's really been no mention of, like, drugs. So I was just thinking he's drunk. So then yeah. I, there was a second pathologist. And I don't know if this is the norm to have, like, multiple pathologists or if... They just felt like the first one wasn't done well. Yeah, I, I wondered why they called they in reinforce, did it. reinforcement. Yeah. And there was a lot of shade from the other one as well. So the mm-hmm. first one. Um, and he was like, he wasn't convinced it was a drowning at all. Um, he felt that it was just because he was just because someone was found in water doesn't mean that that's where he di- died. And which is true. Yeah, which is very true. And they call in a drowning expert, Dr. Ian Calder, and he's so cute. Like he goes to like his shed to get his documents, and <laughs> he just reminds me of my grandpa. Like he's one of those old people Aww. that keeps everything. Yeah, so he went to shed, got the papers, and basically he said it didn't add up to drowning because there was also evidence of strangling and evidence of horrific damage to the anal canal so first when they said Mm -hmm. this i was like i feel like people are fabricating it because how can the first pathologist miss like that much do you know what i mean i I also do think like maybe it's not a regular thing that people check maybe he didn't check it but then i also think on the other hand like because there was so much speculation and talk about gay 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 maybe they were looking for yeah yeah yeah, exactly and also i just felt like with 
coroners and all of that you check everything like you have to the whole point of this is for you yeah. to conclusively you yeah literally conclude conclu- you don't look for stuff to prove what yeah, you think literally conclusively cause. conclude what well, how yeah. they died and like <laughs> exactly so you check for everything like literally mm-hmm. so yeah that at that point things start to get a bit and i'm still got my back up against the wall in the sense i'm like just because this guy's gay doesn't mean like he like had sex with everything going like just yeah exactly yeah like, being gay does not make you a rapist. Literally. So we learned that the investigation into Stuart's death was continuing with no criminal charges, but they were having an inquest. Basically, they just wanted to really conclude how this guy died, so they needed an inquest. So people, all the people, party guests, are coming, like, come for this inquest. And we learned during the inquest that people were telling, like, fantastical tales about what happened that day. And mm-hmm. it just, nothing was really adding up. And nothing they said shed light on Stuart's death. Like, they, they, it, there was nothing these guests were saying that made any sense. Any sense, Literally. yeah. So one of our talking heads, Sanjita Maiska, or Maiska, I don't know, um, she's a BBC reporter, and she says... Michael Barrymore's reputation had been built on being likeable, he was funny, he was trustworthy. People thought that they knew him. So quite obviously... The expectation was that he would come to court, that he would give evidence, and that evidence would be as detailed as possible. And this is why you need to stop looking at these people on TV and thinking that, oh, you know them and shit, and holding them mm-hmm. to this level of accountability. Such high regards, literally, like, yeah. don't, don't even bother, like, don't do it. So Everyone's human, man. Literally. You just haven't blown yet. <laughs> literally. So we learned that he refused to answer questions about drug taking at the party, and... Paul the Prick is back salivating about how the story... Paul the Prick! Hashtag Paul the Prick. Hashtag Paul the Prick. He's talking about how the story generated a lot of hoopla and hoo-ha and people... Blah, 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 blah. Literally, people were asking, why didn't Michael jump in to get the body? And Michael says he couldn't swim. So they go and track down his ex-wife and this chatty patty is all too willing to talk. Front stroke, back stroke, butterfly. Literally, she's like, this nigga can do everything. That nigga can swim. He is a mermaid, okay? I don't know what he told you, but he can swim. <laughs> I don't know who that man is, but that man can swim. <laughs> I might sound crazy, but I've seen him swimming. <laughs> <laughs> and then this messy, this is why you need to be careful who you divorce, okay? So messy Betty says, like, she sorry. This messy Betty basically says that not only will she tell him that them that she this man can swim, she will give them numbers and address. These people will find out for themselves. This man can swim. She gave them numbers and addresses of people that Michael had swum with. So obviously his team is still maintaining he can't swim. But I will say one thing that doesn't really add up is slightly it doesn't make sense that he would have a pool if he can't swim. Like having a pool in the no, I want a pool and I can't swim. Girl, you is crazy. Where am I supposed to learn? You is crazy. Like, having a pool <laughs> in the UK is not... An- and, okay, I would understand you to having a pool. I know you don't really want a pool. If you had a pool and you had kids who could swim, fine. But he didn't even have kids. He lived by himself. Having a pool in the UK is not the norm. This is not America where, like, every Tom, Dick and Harry has a pool. Like, in the UK, yeah. only... But it's also a flex. Yeah. And I feel like when people have pools and stuff, it's not necessarily for me, but why do I have a house this big when I live by myself? None of it makes sense. Yeah. It's to entertain. Yeah, that's Do you know what I mean? True. It's like when you have, like, a barbecue or whatever. Like, you don't just have a barbecue and every day you're doing a barbecue yeah, true. living by yourself i guess for me i wouldn't I mean? have a pool if i couldn't swim because i'd be afraid do you know what i mean like if i feel like if, i'd be afraid even if i could people who can swim drown all the time yeah true i almost drowned one day at like this resort and nobody in my family knew 
it was like a wave pool and I went really deep because I'm you know I'm quite you guys can't see my face but what <laughs> I'm quite a strong swimmer so I should be doing this podcast on my own fam, <laughs> I went to Port- we were in Portugal this resort yeah and I'm quite a strong swimmer so mm. I went I kept going deeper because I was like this doesn't stop this and I went really really deep like and the, where I was it was all these like really tall guys like six foot five and stuff and I went really deep and then I couldn't like and the waves were coming and I was like oh my gosh I'm gonna drown I'm gonna drown and then like, it was almost like the Lord plucked me and put me back into the more shallow end and I was like yeah I ain't ever doing that shit again and I didn't tell my parents because they wouldn't have let me like see the elements like water and that I'm just not about it. Like if if my feet can't touch the ground, yeah, the most I'll do is like if I can tiptoe and feel alright, yeah, then, then I'm that's good. Calm. I'm not venturing past all of that. Even if I have a pool, yeah, it's not going to be much taller than me. <laughs> because why? That because, will literally what, be what? at my knees. Can you? Can you? <laughs> yeah. Can you okay. Stop? Cool. Well, then you could be running the barbecue and I'll be swimming. Oh swimming. Swimming. Nah, I feel like everyone should learn how to swim. Like it's it's lit. No, no, no. I will. I, I started lessons. Remember I told you when I was in Manchester. And what has happened now? Okay, Corona. No, no, I can. The thing is, is that the thing is, is that I can. I can't swim. Like, I wouldn't say I can swim. I'm a strong. Like, I can get by. Like, I can do a couple strokes and get. Yeah. As in, if I started at A, I can end up at B. Yeah. B's just not too far from A. And then also, like, I can't breathe. The guy was like, "Yeah, just move your head and and breathe." Can he and swim? Like, but it doesn't. Can hmm? he swim? The guy. No, yeah, no, the guy that was teaching me can no, swim. No, uh, yeah, he can. I think he can, but not really. Not strong enough that I feel like our kids would be safe. Okay, I, need to, I will be the one teaching your kids and taking them on yeah, swimming. Yeah, please. I want my kids to learn how to swim, like, from earth. Yeah. Maybe they will save you me. You have to Maybe just throw them, them into the water. It's simple. That's what my dad did to me. Did it work? Okay. No. Yeah. Traumatised. Yeah, to be but fair. My, I, was like, I, think, I was like eight. I think you either have it in you or you don't, you know. Because my mid, like, Chaz, I'm literally, she, she, we all did the same swimming lessons. Chimelia, Chim- okay, the first swimming lesson they took her to, she ran to the deep end and jumped in. Okay, the, yeah, but she's mad. The instructor had to go and swim and collect her. Like, but Chasm <laughs> held on to the side of the thing for like, I will say like at least four weeks straight. Like, if her water got wet, <laughs> she started like doing like this, like she was drowning. <laughs> no, to be honest, that's like me and my me and my sister. So even for me, even though I couldn't swim, when we used to go swimming, I'll do handstands, we would play games, yeah. and stuff like that. So I'm not afraid of the water. But that's she not the is... problem. I just can't stay afloat. But, yeah, with my sister, like. She don't. She don't fuck, she with, don't it. fuck like, with it. Or... Miss me. It with is that. the scariest element, though. I do think. I think it, yeah, is. it is. I feel like because drowning, I think, is like the worst. It's so painful. And the thing is that you don't need to drown in a pool. You can drown in the most shallow of water. Literally, like, you can drown in your so, cereal. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly. why it's good so, that I've got it's, a big it's... head because my head would not fit through. This is the one like good thing about having a big head. Would not fit what, a, a bowl of cereal. Yeah, like I could my head. If I put my head in a bowl of cereal, like the circumference is too big, so. I mean, it depends upon the bowl. Yeah, obviously, if you have like a giant bowl, we're all at risk okay. of drowning in cereal. <laughs> I said me because I don't eat cereal, but um, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm gonna learn how to swim properly. The thing is that I can do it, and I just don't like not being able to do it. So when I was doing my lessons, I was like, do you know what? And the thing is, at my lesson, like I was probably the youngest one there. Like everyone else was like adults mm. and stuff because obviously it was an adult class. And I was like, I can do this. It's just very tiring, yeah. and then I can't. I can't. Like I basically hold my breath. So. Whenever I run out of breath, that's when the swim stops. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest, my dad learned in his 40s, so you're never, like... Too... Yeah, my dad is a great swimmer. That's why he's so disappointed. Yeah, my mum is really good my as dad, well. And he learned in the village that he was in a boat and they took him out to the river. And then they, and then, and then they threw him out of the boat oh, and then he had to swim. God. So when, we, when he took me to Bell Farm Sports Centre and he was throwing me in the pool, he was looking at me like, this stupid girl, there's even Fam, floor there's even I was in the ocean. Whatever, like, nah, I'm actually dead. <laughs> 
I am dead. No. Yeah, that brother learned in the, in the sea. Literally. My mum is a strong swimmer, but my dad... My dad swims like he's fighting with the water. Like, there's a war going on. If you can't swim next to my dad, it's like... Dad, you, is you okay? <laughs> 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 no. Nah. And as long as one person in the couple can swim, the kids should be fine. No, nah, okay, can't swim. And I want to go on a cruise for our honeymoon. So I'm like, bruh, like, get it together. You know, you can swim in it. And you said he's slim too, so you just drag him in it. I ain't finna, I ain't finna jump in there for no one. Like, you jump, I'm finna be a widow. Bye. Wow. wow. On to the next one. I'm sending this So, anyways, apparently, when this body was found, Michael grabbed some shit and he dipped from his own crib. And this yeah, is imagine. really bad. As much it's as, telling. Yeah. As much as I don't believe he did anything, it just looks bad. Mm-hmm. But then I've always understood and sympathised with people who do this, especially when you're a celebrity. celebrity. Because, like, you don't know who's coming with the ambulance. It could be a whole media circus. Paul the Prick says, most people <laughs> flee the scene because they're guilty as hell. And that's the only thing he ever said that I liked. Um, he's not very useless. He's not useless. I mean, he's not a useful individual. So they bring in a fourth pathologist. They just got pathologists on, like, deck. And the thing is, I'm like, you're cutting this guy open again. Again. Like, when, again. when will like, they bury at him? At this point. Like, literally. Yeah, like, at this point, like, what? how do you even know that what you're finding is what you're finding? Literally. Some people have really been up, been up and through up in this guy's body. Oh, my gosh. Let him rest. Let him my rest goodness. in peace, please. So they bring another... For, like forensic pathologist and he says um he wants to review how Stuart died and at this point I'm starting to think where was Stuart's brother because sh- he hasn't really been in the documentary should he not be given evidence yeah. about what he saw that night so anyways um he said the pathologist agrees that Stuart had been a victim of sexual assault he says there's a widening in the anal cavity like something had been inserted Mm-hmm. So they asked Jack if Stu- he thinks Stuart was raped. And he said, yeah, like, he thinks it's highly unlikely that he wasn't. So in the inquest, or at the inquest, Barrymore's team put forward a series of events to explain the anal injuries. And then, randomly, we learned that Stuart had been on MDMA and cocaine, which were in the... That just came out of Literally. nowhere. And also, so just to go back to the inquest, like, the inquest is not the same as a trial. No. So the inquest is just about sort of, like, finding out what happens. Yeah, how someone Which died. is kind of like, okay, why not just have a journey? Yeah, but I guess because they can't really put anyone on trial they, yeah, because they, no they, 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 they can't charge anyone yet. So they need to find out why he died before they can charge someone. So they need the inquest mm-hmm. to hopefully get him But then isn't that just an investigation? But then I guess the inquest allows them to question people. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, what, like... It's weird. It just seems it's a bit weird. It's just superfluous. Like, what do we... Yeah. Um... And so basically, the party does goers don't really offer anything during the inquest, including Michael. Um, it just, it just, nothing really comes out. I didn't like the way they dropped the MDMA and the cocaine. There should have been a bit more build up yeah. to the fact that they were doing drugs because this would have given more insights into yeah. the state, everybody's state of mind. And more credence to the fact that it could have been an accident because maybe he was high or whatever. Exactly. You're on MDMA and then you fall into a pool. Literally. And on top of that as well, this kind of again explains why because it says that earlier on, I said that Michael refused to kind of have a conversation about. Um, the drugs taken at the party. Don't forget, this guy was like Paddy McGuinness. He had a really clean persona. Like he had like some dark humor to him, but he was a lovable yeah. guy. He was cheeky. He was cheeky. But he was still but kind of like your grandson. Literally, like, oh, like, oh, just oh that's just Michael. Literally, like, n- it's not the level of taking drugs for him to come out and say, yeah, oh yeah, like we were taking drugs. He knows that his career is ta- at least his his career in the way he knows it is tanked. Mm-hmm. So it's a very catch twenty two. He's damned if he does, damned if he doesn't. So. Mm-hmm. 
damned if I do, damned if I don't. Um, so, um, Michael does an interview with GMTV. Does GMTV still exist? I don't know, you know. But I remember the I woman so. and the guy that, yeah. So he does an interview with them. And um, he basically says his solicitor has located a nurse who attended to Stuart when he got to the hospital. And there were no injuries whatsoever on his body. So those were sustained at the hospital. And for a second, I'm... Which is wild. No, but you know what? For a second, I'm buying into it. I'm kind of like, oh. But then, I mean, so many things can happen. Like, yeah. I mean, I just don't... I'm like, it's not like it's an accident where you can accidentally put something up someone's Rectum, anal canal. yeah. So, so it's kind of like, mm, and also, anyway, yeah, because we get into what the pathologist says. Yeah, so on the 13th of January 2003, Ontario Tax tells us that Essex police are launching an investigation into Barrymore's claims that the injuries were sustained at hospital. We're now at the 15th of September and they're at Wyndham's Theatre London. Michael's preparing for a show. Bah, 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 bah. Why did you do that? Do you know them? London. Oh, okay. Um, Michael's. <laughs> I'm such a fake Londoner. Michael's preparing to perform a show in hopes to step back into the public eye. Um, yes, the show does poorly, long story short. Like, people aren't... And what I don't understand is, if I don't like someone, so say R. Kelly said he was doing a show to, like, come back into public eye, I'm not fucking going. Why did did you go and not engage... I'm paying it no mind. why did you go and not engage with him? Like, if you actually went and you're, like, a paying customer... You obviously went because you like this guy. It was a small theatre. It yeah. was very niche. Why did you go and not engage? I, that I didn't understand. But then, at the same time, I think, maybe they went and, like, it wasn't the same. So he wasn't able to perform the way that he normally would. And so they just didn't enjoy it. Very, very, very true. So 10th of December 2003, the investigation into the claims the injuries were inflicted at hospital is concluded and the, the police find that the injuries were sustained. So in conclusion, conclusion. Um, exactly. They were sustained before he died. So I t- yeah, because he wouldn't have bruised Literally. otherwise. Because he was dead. That was what they said. Like, there was bruising. You don't bruise if you're dead. So ITV dropped Barrymore and refused to renew, renew any more contracts with him. And he moves to New Zealand for a fresh start. Which is random as hell. It's really random. But obviously, I think maybe New Zealand and British TV are quite similar. I don't know. The other side of the world, literally. Yeah. So then we meet this new talking head, Harry Sinchi or Sitchi. And he's a publicist who worked with Terry Lubbock to keep the story going. We see T-shirts and they plan on confronting Barrymore in New Zealand. And it's kind of like, I get that you're a grieving parent, but this isn't... And this is my problem with the whole thing. And this is the issue with when you're a celebrity as well. Like, it's high reward, but a lot of sacrifice. The whole Mm. focus on Barrymore, he wasn't the only person at the party exactly. like and we know how drunk he was when he got in the cab so i feel like he probably passed out soon after he got home this is what i think and i think other people did stuff but because he's the celebrity he's the easy target why yeah. are you following yeah. him to new zealand he's the big fish literally why are you following him to new zealand like it doesn't make sense i'd understand if he was the only person if there were like three people or even two but it was a group of nine any any number of people could have done anything to him we don't know so, mm. fast forward to 5th of Jan 2016, Michael Barrymore goes into the Big Brother house. And the Sun's coverage starts off as really negative. But as the show con- show continues to, like, progress, the public starts to warm with to him again. Especially because now this thing is kind of like a thing of the past. It happened ages ago. No charges have been brought. 
Harry and Terry mm. use this as an opportunity to kind of like gain publicity on the case. They decide they're going to go and confront him in the Big Brother house, which I don't know what they were thinking. Do they think that they were just going to be like allowed to walk in and like, I, I don't know. What... I mean. Yeah. So obviously they're not let in. <laughs> and yeah, I'm, I'm wondering what the police are doing at this point because. What's... The, the inquest. Yeah. Inquest. So mm-hmm. Michael finishes second in Big Brother, which is really good considering where he's coming from. Um, yeah. the the news like coverage is a lot more positive about him and things are looking up. It looks like he's actually going to be able to um, kind of like pick back up again with ITV. Yeah, like get back. Yeah. yeah. So the son wanted to do a meeting with Terry and Michael, and it was as and they did it as like a little news bio thing. Michael was being paid fifty k. Yeah. Terry was being paid twenty k. And I didn't like the fact that Terry was being paid because for me it's like if it's really about your son and getting all of this out there and putting it to rest, why? are you asking for payment? I don't think he asked for payment. I think he probably was offered payment. And I feel like 20K is a lot of money. And I'm going to... I would tell you the story. It was 2K. Wait, Michael got 50 and Terry got two. Yeah. I would have asked for more. Are you crazy? I wouldn't have asked. If you're... If you're hold- As in, I, if you offered it to me, I would... The thing is, either tell your story for no money or tell your story and get money. Yeah. I just feel like it's... it's Get money. But the adding <laughs> you know of I mean? the money always seems a bit more salacious, I think. Especially when you're coming from the, yeah. the point of, like, you're the victim. It's like... It's really bad, but it's like those cases where women accept, like, settlements outside of court. And then people always use that and be like, so if it was really about what he did to you, why did you accept the settlement yeah. do you know what I mean and the thing is I, I, I get that but I think it's difficult to say especially when like you've not been in that position because it's kind of like okay go to court and maybe lose and get nothing mm. or like the person's acknowledged that they've done what they've done or whatever like you know what happened yeah and get some and even you like do you know what I mean and I feel like these things happen so Terry like he probably isn't living the best of lives no, do you know what I mean yeah. so that 2k to him I probably wouldn't have accepted 2k because what is 2k Literally. I'm not gonna lie like can, what can I do with that besides add to my savings to still not have a house <laughs> like <laughs> so I, I, I yeah I don't know I, I don't judge like if, if you're gonna if you wanna take the money take the money like yeah. either way the result is the same you're gonna say the same things yeah. so you might as well just have money at the end of it so Michael's slowly coming back on TV again ITV are even kind of thinking about bringing him back but the issue they had was a lot of their adverts had pools in them, which I never really noticed. But I'm definitely yeah, going to take... really random. Take, no, but like Thomas Cook and stuff. Yeah, that's what they were saying. Like, had, yeah. And don't forget, a lot of holiday stuff was advertised on TV back then. But right but now, I think yeah. we've moved on to different adverts. So I feel like there aren't yeah. that many holiday adverts. So yeah, this was, that's true. this was the conundrum that they, they had. And then... That's so awkward. Literally, suddenly, Essex TV just says they're reopening the investigation. Essex Police. Yeah. And he releases a statement. So Michael releases a statement saying... I do hope the police have made a breakthrough. I sincerely do. This story has been too seductive in the past and I have had to endure extraordinary and preposterous accusations. It's now the 14th of June, 2007, which is a very special day. Happy birthday! Happy birthday, birthday. Ooh, a star was born! Ooh! (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So um, the three men have now been arrested on suspicion of murder and rape. Um, of Stuart. So it's John Kenny, Justin Merritt, and Michael Barrymore. Oh, did they arrest Barrymore? Yeah, they did. So all oh, the same now zoned out. As quickly as they're arrested, they're released. In America, they are holding you for all the holdable hours, like an extra, yep. extra and, they, and they're questioning you nonstop. Bam. They are doing water <laughs> no, treatment. No food, no water. Like waterboard. Like in the UK, they're just all right. Did you did you commit? No. Okay. All right. You can leave. <laughs> like, all right. You can leave. Right. But don't don't you dare think we're not coming back. We'll for be, you. We'll be after you. <laughs> Don't, don't, you, don't, don't you have any more parties here? 
I literally believe that that was the the, the entirety of that question. <laughs> oh, they didn't even sit down. Um, for Did you do? No, you didn't do it. All right, off you go on your bike. You don't have any pool parties. All right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no more pools for you. Do you know? What? You know what? Give me yours trunks because I don't trust you. <laughs> don't go out. Out. You can go out, but don't go out. Out. <laughs> If you must go to work, go to work. If you can't go to work, stay at home. Just go to work. Go to work. Oh, I'm actually, guys, I'm actually dying. Oh my god. Have you seen that out out video? Have you seen the out out video where she's like, um, British people go out and then they pop out and then they meet the people that are going out later and they say, you want to come out? And they're like, no, I didn't come out out. We said, be out and I said, you might as well come out out. I'll send it to you. <laughs> and it's so true. The thing is, like, as much as we like talk about the British people, like, I love, I love being our culture. British. It's so funny. I love it. It's so like it's so stupid it's and so, passive aggressive, and like this. <laughs> oh my god! So yeah, they let they let them go. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, even, that, that was the point. Of in that. conclusion, like, not even a slap on the wrist. Terry says he blames the police because they bungled up the investigation at the scene. So basically, the police DCS that Stephen Jennings comes out and he says there were mistakes made at the crime scene. Um, because the witnesses had said it was a drowning and they just believed it. And I don't know if it's because in the UK, we're not used to like very salacious crimes, but just because mm. the witnesses said something, it's in their best interest to make this as... Like you investigate. Yeah, you, you investigate. Do. That's your job. You clear the cr- crime scene. You don't like say, okay, well, all they said it was a drowning. So just get the body out yeah. and take it to the cr- Like you wouldn't even report. I feel like with, with detectives in detective school or whatever they do. Yeah. Like, you wouldn't be like, oh, hey, a man has drowned. You would say a man was found in a pool. Literally. Because that's all you that's know. All you, you don't know. draw conclusions until you've investigated. Like, you just say what you see. Literally. That's it. So he said that, yeah, like, they, they treated it as such. And the, the body was found. The crime scene was not really investigated. Um, items went missing. One of the items they speak about is, like, a pool. I think it's a pool thermometer or something. It kind of looks like a pipette, but, like, on crack. It's r- much bigger. Yeah, right. And this is one of the items that the um, pathologist had said could possibly have been inserted in Stuart's rectum. But they never found it. Like, it went missing. And then they say that how, yeah, they let people back on the crime scene. So um, Michael Barrymore's PA was let, let back and he took some, he's, he's seen leaving with some items and they believe those items were um, items that were taken as, like, that were ev- the potential evidence and they were taken. So Stephen's belief is that Stuart was assaulted and then thrown into um, in the jacuzzi and then died, so probably drowned or was unconscious, then was thrown into the pool to look like a drowning. So we're now at the 24th of May, and Michael does a really stupid thing that I just feel like, sis. So he goes to Royal Courts of Justice, and he basically wants compensation mm-hmm. from the Essex police, claiming that his investigation in the murder was devastating and had effects on his devastating on his career and had effects on his earnings which is like yeah cool that's true but bro chill until they tell you you're not guilty or chill until they drop yeah, charges yeah i feel like you should lay low literally now is when you should go back to new zealand you're literally it's not like you've been vindicated it's not like you're back in the public eye and people are backing you like you're still very you're still very much a suspect the judge says that there was reasonable grounds for to suspect michael of an offense and arrest him on screen text tells us six months later that michael appears on Piers Morgan and Michael maintains that he thinks Stuart drowned and Terry's watching and shaking his head um and then it's 2019 December 
Michael does Dancing on Ice. So, you know, the documentary is drawn to an end now. We learned that the party goers were approached um, and it names them. It has all their names. I started writing them. them yeah, up. it names all of them. I was like, call them out. Literally. First name, surname. It started, a lot I, of them were just like common names. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I started like writing them down then I couldn't be bothered so Stuart's ex-wife basically says that the story is no longer about Stuart it's become about Barrymore which is true like sometimes Mm -hmm. you forget that the person who died was a person it's like just this salacious thing but that's because of the tabloids and the media it's not exactly which is I think as much as the police made their mistakes I think the biggest mistake was allowing the tabloids yeah and I feel like there should be some sort of law about like an injunction to stop tabloids from talking about like cases until they're they're, yeah. they're not ongoing until they've made an arrest or they've charged yeah someone like something literally because it ruins the investigation terry says something really sad now and it's towards the end and he's basically saying that it's hard to remember the good things about Stuart before this time so he's like if he thinks really hard he can remember Stuart being a kid but this story is so big it smothers and every mm-hmm. like it smothers everything and as a father like he struggles to dismiss like the questions he has we see him at Stuart's grave and he's just telling him that he loves him on the screen text tells Essex police have appointed a new senior investigator in hopes that loyalties would have wavered and witnesses will come forward there is now a 40k reward and that is the story of the body in a pool we learned nothing new right. from this documentary it's true um personally we learned well, well it just confirmed to us that tabloids are trash yeah. pull the prick is the prickiest prick yeah I ever did yeah see. like that is satan um and yeah i just think for me i just feel like michael didn't do it it's a shame that like he lost his career over this it doesn't even make sense him doing this like it, it's not yeah he didn't handle it well either yeah though, which i think is part bad on thing. His part. he should have stayed there but yeah i don't know yeah yeah i don't know guys what do you think talk to us message us um twitter instagram at two girls one doc um, I am on Instagram at oh and Twitter at Miss BD. I am on Instagram. I'm four ends with two underscores, and Twitter four ends with one underscore. And what are we doing next? What are we doing? We're doing the story of that guy. I can't remember his name. The family annihilator. Yeah, Chris Watts. Chris Watts. That's the one. Chris Watts. Really yep. excited to do yep. this one because I got a lot to say about him. I've got a lot to say. None of it is nice. None of it's Fine. nice. And he's There's not going to have a quick interview. He's going to be in prison for a long time. He is. He's going to be in prison yeah, for a long out, time. Spoiler out. alert. <laughs> <laughs> no out, out for Chris. No out, out for Chris. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm going to see if I can find a trailer for it. If not, there'll be silence. If so, you'll hear that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. See you guys later. Stay Bye. safe. Stay home. I got a friend request from Chris. <laughs> I was in a really, really, really bad place. And I got a friend request from Chris on Facebook. And I was like, oh, what the heck? I'm never going to meet him. Eight years later, we have two kids. We live in Colorado. And he's the best thing that has ever happened to me. And I can't tell you how wonderful he is. The disappearance of a pregnant Frederick woman and her two children has captured the nation's attention. It's the gut-wrenching tragedy that's grabbing all the headlines. Shanann was this loving mother with her two kids and her husband, and things went completely south. The family of Chris Watts is nowhere to be found. Shanann, Bella, Celeste, if you're out there, just, just, just come back. The right words seemed to be coming out of his mouth, but the way he was saying it struck everyone as particularly cold. Chris Watts harbored secrets he thought no one would ever know about. 
In this one-hour special report, we'll take you deep inside this horrifying investigation. We're about the How in the world can you do that to your own kids? Explore the transformation from family man to monster. And I woke up that morning, it was going to happen, and I had no control of it. This is a dichotomy of personalities here. Who is the real Chris Watts? 